Welcome to Entertainment Source Interviews in the sixth episode in this series, In the Minds of Musicians, How They Are Coping with the Quarantine. I include one original song at the end of each episode. All songs are copyright and may not be used or reproduced in any way without written permission from the artist. I am your host, Mary Jensen. Today I talk with singer-songwriter Laura Glider. Laura grew up heavily influenced by her musical family. They would sing together on road trips and burst into song at the dinner table if someone happened to mention a line from a popular song. She began writing songs around five or six years old and hasn't slowed down. Laura was a guest on the 2018 and 2019 Melissa Etheridge Cruises. Hi, Mary. This is Laura. Hi, Laura. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay, considering the circumstances. <laughs> yeah. So, are you home now? Uh, yeah, I'm home. I'm back in Chicago. Okay, because I, I knew that you were actually not too far from me for a while. And what you say? Was it Westboro or Northboro? Or? Yeah, Westboro. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I noticed the 774 phone number. I was like, oh, and she sounds like she's from Massachusetts or that area. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Where are you? I'm in um, Starbridge, Mass. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, and then I was thinking, oh, like if I had known that, we could have done this in person, but uh, no, we couldn't. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we finally get to um, talk on the phone. I know you were busy for a while, and then I had something come up and everything. So So what have you been doing during the quarantine? I know you did a couple of Facebook shows. Yeah, I just did one so far, um, and I am hoping to do another one with one uh, one of my favorite venues in Chicago. They contacted me about um, maybe doing something, so we're kind of waiting to confirm details on that, um, so I'm looking forward to that, but uh, yeah, it was really nice. Um, I was able to borrow a guitar from a friend of mine who lived in Worcester, and uh, you know, just to kind of help pass the time, too, and just to have a guitar with me. Um, it was really nice, but then also, you know, to do a show was awesome. We raised um, a lot of money. I actually, um, I recently made the donation. I I donated, you know, like half the tips that I got um, to Feeding America. And I think that the final count was something like, you know, close to 9,000 meals, like the tips provided mm-hmm. um, through them, which was so amazing. And people were so generous and kind. And um, I was really, really blown away by that. It was really it was very, very special um, to be able to do that. But that was actually the first live stream show I'd ever done. So it was a good experiment, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing more. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. That is a lot of um, money raised for, you know, food for people. And I just think that's, like, the coolest thing that you're doing that, you know, um, especially because I know that you're not able to do your day job right now. And as a musician, it's hard to, you know, get by, too. So that makes it even extra special and to donate to charity. And now your next show, too, is going to also be for a charity, I understand. 
Yeah, I um, there's a, a charity in Chicago called the Dovetail Project, um, which uh, a friend of mine runs, um, and I know they're doing a lot of work during this time to um, they support um, fathers and their relationships with their kiddos, and um, you know they do education, they do social support, um, they do all kinds of stuff um, in the city um, in very um, kind of needy areas, and so I um, I really love what they do and and. That was I decided that would be my next that will be my next uh, charity to to split anything with, you know, that comes through. So mm-hmm. um, I haven't picked a date yet. I was we were supposed to do that um, Chicago venue show this week. So I was waiting on that and then um, that got postponed. Uh, so that will be in a couple of weeks. So I'll probably do um, another show next week um, is my plan. So I will certainly announce that um kind of during that first week of May. So I will let people know when that, when that gets scheduled. Okay, great. Yeah. And they can, um, people can find you on Facebook and what's your handle? Would they just type in your name? Laura Glida? Yeah, Laura. Yeah. If they type in Laura Glida, um, I have a personal page and I have a music page. Um, I have more connections on the personal page and I tend to post there a little bit more often. Um, and then, you know, but either way you can find me. And then, um, I'm also on Instagram at Laura Glida, just at that handle, L-A-U-R-A-G-L-Y-D-A. Okay, great. And, um, yeah, we'll be looking for that the next show too. And I understand like with the streams, even if people can't catch them live, they can still go on again after and watch it. Correct. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Facebook in particular is good for that. Um, it saves it will save your video. You can, you can opt to do it, um, to save it and and kind of put it up as a post. So, um, you can see that later on, which is really great. And then, um, Instagram, I think it's available as a story. So for 24 hours after you do it, it's still available kind of as a video. Um, but, uh, then it goes away. So, uh, Facebook, I think is, has more longevity as far as the information goes. Okay. Now, what about like as far as leaving tips? Are people able to do that out, you know, after the live stream is over, or is that only during? The yeah, live? I was getting tips up until I mean, I actually got one just this week, um, and so um, someone wanted to. It, it was it was very it was very sweet. It was a like a parent of a, a very good friend of mine practically like a parent to me, but, um, they ended up just sending me a check in the mail. Cause they were like, well, we don't have PayPal. We don't do Venmo, you know, anything like that. But basically anyone that sent me anything, you know, you know, around that show, um, that all went to, um, you know, kind of the, that split, that split donation. Um, so yeah, they're, um, you know, I was doing PayPal. I think most, most payments came through PayPal. Um, but I also have a Venmo account and then the cash app, um, which I think is like the, it's related to square, um, which some people use for point of sale stuff in person. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was really easy, but I mean, there was someone who, you know, like posted, like, I think they sent me money even before I started playing. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like I couldn't believe it. Wow. Um, so yeah, people were just really, really generous. And then just all the way through the show, you know, I kept getting like, you know, notifications on my phone. It was like, so-and-so sent you money. So-and-so sent, you know, it was, so it was just, it, I was blown away by people's generosity. People I hadn't heard from in years, you know, since college or since, you know, high school um, had contributed. So it was really special. Wow. Yeah, that is awesome. So good. I'm glad you did that. I'm sure they appreciate it. Um, so I saw you on the 2018 and the 2019 Melissa Etheridge cruises. 
Yes, yes. So how did that come all about? Yeah, that's um that's a fun story. So um one of one of my best friends in the whole world um actually used to work for Melissa um and helped kind of get my stuff in front of her. Um and you know, I, I it was funny, I was you know, I, I said after that happened, I was like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like that was you know, and he was like, I didn't do anything, like you did it, you know, like your music mm -hmm. did it and and got you on. Um so I did I did have a connection which was very, very helpful. Um and so, yeah, and then, you know, they, they invited me back a second year, which was great. Um, so I, I just, I had a really good time. The first, the first year I did it, I got super, super sick. Um, I had like mono within like two days of being on the cruise and lost my voice for three days. So mm -hmm. yeah. if you do the math, like I had to cancel a show, you know, I mean, I actually showed up and played my new record, like over the PA that was kind of a happy, happy medium, um, you know, make lemonade and all those things. Um, but they, they were kind enough to, you know, they were so understanding and they were like, Hey, you know, if you can't play, that's fine. They didn't have anyone to fill the spots. Cause you know, it was just, everybody was so booked. Yeah. Um, but I was so, I was so <clears throat> grateful to be on that cruise and it was such a cool experience. And, um, I've made, you know, really great friends with, um, just so many of the performers. I know you've interviewed a bunch of them. I've seen, some of the stuff you've been doing and um, it, it's just a great group of people and everyone is so supportive and really, really loves what they do. And that comes through in their personalities and in their music. And um, I just, I was, I made some really, really great connections from both of those cruises actually. And the fans too. I had, I saw fans the second time around and I recognized them in line. I was like, hi, I remember you from <laughs> last year. Like, you came and gave me cough drops or you like, you know, just said Aww. hi or you bought a t-shirt or you told me this really cool story. Um, and so her loyalty, her fan base is incredible. And just the, the, the folks that support her are loyal, you know, just to the death. Like it's amazing. They're just, they're really, really special people. Um, so it was, it was an honor to be a part of both of those cruises. Yeah, um, I've I've met a lot of people through the cruises, a lot of new friends from like all over the world, some lifelong friends. And also, yeah, like just, you know, finding new musicians and stuff that I may never have come across, you know, otherwise like you and, and just a lot of them. And now I'm like fans of so many of you. And so it's just a great way to connect and, you you know, you get new fans and, and people find new, you know, musicians that they love. So, and yeah, I mean, it's, and it's like a whole nother world being on that ship and everybody is just so, you know, full of love and, you know, Absolutely. I mean, cause that's what Melissa promotes too. And it just, it just shows. And so I'm really hoping that the one this year ends up, you know, being able to happen. It's still yeah, a ways yeah, away, but yeah, I mean, like everything, um, like with all of you too, you know, like having to do shows at home instead of being out and playing, but, and I just love the positivity of all of you. Um, you know, you all seem like you're staying positive and keeping busy and staying connected with your fans. And yeah, so that's really great. Um, so let's talk about like how you got started. Like, with your music and stuff how did that yeah. all come about yeah I grew up in a pretty musical family um you know we had a piano in my house growing up my mom taught piano lessons and was a um 
you know, kind of classically trained um, pianist. And she was, an, she was an accompanist. She did that a lot, like, in high school. And, and then as um, kind of when I was a, a really young kid and even before I was born, I think she used to teach lessons. Um, and so, you know, there was that, like, I just, I remember playing the piano, just, it was never off limits to us. Like, as, as long as we washed our hands before we played it, like, we could just go and play it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so as kids, like, you know, it was just something we had access to. Um, my sister and I, my older sister and I, she plays a little bit too, not professionally, but you know, that was, um, she was always really good. Um, and we both played by ear. So we would just, you know, we were just obsessed with the radio and, you know, we would just listen, just hang out in the backyard and just listen to the radio all day. And, you know, cassette tapes were huge, right. In the eighties. And so we would just hear music and we'd just try to figure it out. We just learn how to play it ourselves. We teach ourselves how to play it. Um, and so, like I fell in love with music at a really, really young age. Um, and I can be, I, as long as I can remember, I've been singing, um, and just playing any instrument I could get my hands on. Um, so it kind of, you know, I think it grew out of that. My mom, you know, used to sing all the time and she had this great record player and all, you know, this giant stereo, um, that I just have these like really lovely memories of, of, you know, the vinyl that she had and, and all that stuff. And then on my dad's side, they were, they split when I was really young. So, um, I lived with my mom for a while and then, um, until I was about eight or nine years old and then, uh, moved in with my dad. And so on my dad's side of the family, his family all grew up kind of singing in church and, um, they still do to this day. Um, so we just, you know, everybody loves show tunes and, um, you know, just, you know, it was the, the joke was that, we would always bust into song like at the dinner table or something. If we had like a family, you know, a holiday that we were celebrating or something, if anyone said anything out loud, that was like a line from a song, like someone would just burst into that song. Oh my God. That, <laughs> so, I love it. That's so cool. Yeah. So we were, we were kind of always singing and, you know, my, you know, we would go to movies or we'd go to shows or, you know, any, anything that had music, like it was a, it was a really fun thing for us to do. And, um, Actually, I didn't. The funny thing was, I, I never saw like a like a rock concert. Like my first rock concert wasn't. I didn't go until I was like sixteen years old. Um, but I, like, just music was kind of in the house and all around. Um, we spent a lot of time in the car, kind of going back in between my dad and my mom's house, um, you know, for visiting and stuff. And they, you know, there were always like long drives in between, so there's a lot of car singing and things like that. So um, those are kind of some of my earliest kind of music memories um and then from there I just I started writing songs when I was like you know six seven eight years old Uh, and it just it just I just kept doing it I couldn't stop you know even if I wanted to um like stuff would just kind of come to me and um I'm I'm very lucky I guess that that happens it's kind of a blessing and a curse because when you want it to come sometimes it doesn't and then uh other times when it comes to you you might not be in a position to like get it down or do something but um Yeah, so I, I've been doing that since I was really young, and then you know my mom bought a guitar for for herself for her birthday when I was fourteen, and uh, I don't think I even let her play it. I picked it up and just could not put it down. Um, so I taught myself how to play guitar when I was fourteen. She had a book of chords and Lotus acoustic guitar, and uh, I just you know anytime at that point I was living with my dad, but anytime I'd go visit my mom, I was you know I just spent a lot of time alone playing that guitar and, and learning it so it's kind of how it all happened yeah so did your mother ever ever learn guitar 
Yeah, she can play a little bit, um, but she's much, much better at piano. That's still kind of her her primary instrument. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, she still has that guitar. Um, You know, it sits like, you know, at her piano. Um, So, uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know that she ever she learned some basic chords, but um, I think it was just she never really took to it the way I did. Yeah, I just think that's so amazing, especially when, you know, like you said, you self-taught. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's either in you or it isn't, you know. <laughs> and for me, I just like, I and my girlfriend says the same thing, like when we see y'all playing like on the cruise and stuff and how you have like, you know, there's different jams going on everywhere on the ship. And mm-hmm. another musician will just hop up on stage and join right in. And we're just like, how do they know? <laughs> like what to you know I mean because I'm sure all of it can't be rehearsed you know right. I don't think I think you you know don't you guys just sometimes just like oh I'm just gonna jump in on this song or yeah yeah for and sure you just happens. pick it up I, I, don't, I don't know I wish I could do that that's so cool <laughs> do you play any instruments no okay. I, I have always wanted to learn the drums though I just I never have yeah. I don't know, maybe someday. But it's never too late. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I know, and I keep saying that someday, but that would be the instrument that I would want to learn. That's awesome. So we'll get to that sometime. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe that can be, like, my goal for when this is over. Okay, that's what I'm going to do after yeah. you know, we're done with the quarantine. So obviously you had a ton of musical influence in your family and growing up. Is there any like certain artists that influenced you? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, in high school when it, right after, you know, when I picked up the guitar and then, um, probably, mm-hmm. you know, when I was about 16, 17 years old, like I started working with a voice teacher, um, at my high school and I was accompanying her students. Um, and she turned me on to some, some really great folk artists, and, um, you know, either through some of the songs I was playing, I remember playing like a Jim Croce song. I remember playing Joni Mitchell, um, for her, you know, for her students. Um, and then one of the, one of the artists that she introduced me to, her name was Patty Larkin. Um, she's incredible. Um, she was a huge influence on me, um, specifically in high school. Um, and then, you know, Ani DeFranco, I really, really loved her percussive style of playing. I feel like everything she did was just so different. Um, and that really challenged me. And I actually, you know, a lot of my earlier stuff, I feel like, you know, kind of resembles that a little bit, or just sort of, um, like borrows some of those tendencies, um, and style, you know, of Ani's playing. Um, I was a big Dave Matthews fan in high school too. And so, you know, learning how to play, trying to learn how to play some of those songs. I mean, he, he's such an incredible guitarist and, you know, the way he writes songs was, was really, really inspiring to me. Um, also as a, as a young musician. So, you know, some, some kind of some new stuff, some old stuff, you know, my mom and I, we kind of played more classic stuff together. Um, you know, like the Eagles or Simon and Garfunkel or James Taylor, um, you know, some of those vinyl records, you know, that she had, I would learn those songs and we'd sing them together. She'd know how to play them on the piano and we'd do kind of duets together. And um, so there's a little bit of, you know, kind of classic rock, sort of like kind of old school singer songwriter, folky stuff in there. Um, But yeah, but it's funny, like I never got into Dylan. I never got into the Beatles. Like, 
you know, the, I feel like people are either like, oh, you're either like a Beatles person or a Stones person. Like neither one of those really influenced. I feel like we were, I was like later than that. You know, it was like a lot of Led Zeppelin, um, a lot of, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of some other, some other bands, but like more, more like almost like seventies. And I know that, you know, mm-hmm. that like the Beatles had stuff like later than that too, but like their early stuff, I think that so many people cite as a huge influence. Just, I, I never, like, I never listened to the Carpenters. I never, like there, there's a lot of like influences. I think that I sort of missed along the way, like no Neil Young, no Willie Nelson, you know, some <laughs> country stuff though, Kenny Rogers, Don, Dolly Parton, um, and then some of like the nineties, you know, Reba and Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson. And my mom was super into country music back then. So some of those influences too, which I think kind of, you know, blended with kind of some of the more popular stuff that I listened to. So it's sort of like classic rock and country and folk and pop, you know, pop, <laughs> like there's some sort of like funny intertwining of all of those in, in what I do. Yeah, and that's great because you have such a wide variety of influences, you know, and that will show on your music, too, because you're not just like in a box. I'm just going to play this. I'm just going to do this. So you feel like you're more open and more can be more creative, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's fun. I, and I can go back and, you know, there's some songs that I can remember like, oh, yeah, this was like directly influenced by this one song um you know of this artist or whatever like there's some songs that are just sort of like eternally tied to another song you know that someone else wrote um that I can kind of go back and think like oh yeah I remember hearing that song and it being instantly inspired to write this one you know so Mm -hmm. um there's some of those connections too which are really special to me yeah and uh your your cd radio ghost that came out in 2018 Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite track that you would like to talk about? One that really stands out for you more than the others? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the title track was was really special to me. uh, The song Radio Ghosts. Um, That sort of spawned the whole project, like the whole album kind of came out of that song. When I wrote that song, I was like, I feel really good about this. And this is like, it felt like a song I had been wanting to write for a while. you know, and then I decided to sort of assemble an album around that song. And so um, I, I tell, I usually tell the story when I play it live, um, if, you know, time permitting or, you know, if the, the mood is right in the room, I guess. Um, <laughs> I wrote that, I wrote part of that song, like the chorus. Um, I was riding my bike into, into my job, into work. Um, and I was biking through, you know, the city of Chicago super early in the morning and just like singing it at the top of my lungs like it just came to me so again like I you know kind of to circle back when that inspiration hits if you're not in a place to like write something down (laughs) you you know you can lose it and then there's this sort of like there's a real feeling of loss when that happens and you're just like oh it's devastating Mm -hmm. you know if you can't quite remember something the way it was in your head when you wrote it or whatever so (laughs) I remember just singing that you know your heart will wait it out or like the, you know, the radio ghosts keep you around. And I remember kind of walking into work and I'm saying hi to the, you know, security folks and the front desk people and people I see all the time. And I'm trying to just get to somewhere where I can like put down my bag and like pull out my phone and record it somehow. Um, And so, yeah, I wrote that, I wrote that song, some of that song, like on a bicycle 
in downtown Chicago. <laughs> oh, that's a cool story. Yeah, so you, you, you just kind of have to try to keep it in your head, like you said, until you can get somewhere and write it down. Well, thank God you did, because that's a really great song. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. Um, and then the rest of it kind of came, um, I remember listening <laughs> to a friend's music, and I just remember thinking, like, gosh, like, this song is so sad. Like, I, I hope this person can just be okay with life and with whatever happens to them. And like, it was sort of a, sort of a, a friend, like a love letter to a friend that is like, you're going to get through it. Like, it's going to be okay. Like your heart is really strong, you know, like just, but, but also that person's music influenced me. So in, in one way, like that, that music is also like a radio ghost for me. And the the term came from this idea that, you know, when you hear a song, you can just be like instantly transported back to a place or a feeling or a time or a situation or a relationship. Um, you know, or even like, I don't know, you know, some people can like smell their memories. Like, Oh, I remember what that room smelled like. Right. You know, um, they've really strong kind of sensory memories around music. I mean, it's just, it's so linked to so much that we remember. And so that, that's kind of what that, came out of for me because every time I heard that song of my friends I was like taken back to the specific place and I, I and so I was like that like what do you even call that you know and I, I kind of just came up with the term radio ghost like anytime that comes on my you know iPod or CD you know on in the car or something like that right there's this um I like I have a lot of good memories of like listening to music in the car and like anytime that would come up I would be like oh I remember where I was driving when I heard that song or like how it made me feel. And so it was sort of like an honor to that person as an artist. And then also to kind of like to their heart and how I thought maybe they were feeling through their music. And so it's sort of this, like it, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a love letter to a friend. Yeah. I love that song. It's great. And that was like the first one I think that I heard um, on the first oh, yeah. cruise, like you said, over the, uh, how they did it over the speaker because you had lost your voice. Yeah. And yeah. And then we saw you sitting there and we're like, Hey, there's Laura right now. And <laughs> I think we went over and, and talked to you a little bit. You weren't really able to talk back, but, um, on the next cruise, you know, then we saw you again. And yeah, I'm so glad you reached out. And I'm like, I'm, it's so cool that, you know, horrible day that I couldn't, you know, this like two days that I couldn't talk and sing, that somehow that reached you and you guys got to, you know, come over and, and <clears throat> see and listen. And um, so, yeah, that's really, I did not know that. And that's really special to me. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you got to come back. So we got to hear you sing in person too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, felt like I needed a little bit of a redemption from that first cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now what is the first thing that you're planning to do for yourself when this quarantine is over? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I think probably go, uh, see family and just like hug my friends, right? Like if, if I, if it makes sense to hug them, if I you know, if, if when we get to that point, that's probably what I'm looking forward to the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I really love to, get back to work. I travel a lot for my job. And so I don't know how soon it will be safe to travel again, but you know, yeah. I, would, I would love to, 
you know, get back out on, you know, on the road to a different country, to a different city, um, you know, either visiting friends or, you know, traveling for my job would be, would be really ideal. Um, but I think probably the most likely of the situations is like, if and when I can just jump into Lake Michigan again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love, I love the lake. I love the beach in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I live just west of the city now, but I, I get back there frequently enough. I have family there um, and friends, so I'm, I'm in the city all the time. Um, but yeah, like going to the beach um, in Chicago and most people, you know, if you live on the East Coast or West Coast, people are like, well, Chicago has beaches like that doesn't sound right. But, um, you know, Lake Michigan, we have so much beautiful coastline here and, and shoreline and and um that that culture is just such a huge part of why we love the city so much and you know they've they've had everything pretty much on lockdown and you know the parks are closed and a lot of outdoor spaces they're not allowing people to gather so I think that's probably the most likely um is that I can just go you know jump in the lake and take a swim even if it's cold I don't mind it it's usually cold (laughs) most people don't like to go swimming but um I love it. Like, even if it's chilly, like I'll, I'll find a way to get in and, and, uh, just enjoy that if I can. So that's probably, it's probably the first thing I'll do as soon as that's available to me. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it will be soon, you know, with the warmer weather coming and you won't have to go in when it's too cold. (laughs) So, um, and what about musically is your plan? Like the first thing, are you going to, go be recording or just doing shows when this is over do you have anything in the works i do Hmm. yeah so i am lucky enough actually to live uh above a recording studio i my roommates i have a couple roommates out um west of chicago and um there's a studio i'm actually sitting in the live room right now having this conversation with you um and i've put in like you know three three sessions just this week um this week and last week um, to start getting stuff down for my next project. So I'm super lucky to have that kind of resource at my disposal. And, you know, um, James, uh, my friend who I live with, like engineered my last record, he engineered Radio Ghost and helped produce it. And so he and I have just been working, you know, I, I want to help support his business because he's not having anybody, you know, coming in to record for sure. He's getting some projects here and there sent his way, you know, for mixing or mastering or whatever. But um, I'm really grateful that I can kind of help contribute to his business, but also selfishly, I get, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of get him all to myself, you know, artistically. Um, so we're doing, uh, I, you know, it's kind of a twofold project. One is to just start to get some guitar and vocals down for what what will eventually be my next project, um, and then uh, you know the other half of it is. I have a bunch of songs that I've written that I've just never recorded and I'm not sure they'll ever get onto a record. Um, Some of them are, you know, older, some of them just hadn't, you know, they didn't feel like the right, they had a place on any of the other records I put out. So um, part of that is just sort of like for posterity's sake, just documenting, you know, the songs I have and, you know, I guess on kind of a, a morbid or realistic note, like if something happens to me and I, you know, get the virus and I don't survive it, like, what do I have to show for it? Like, what about all those songs that have never been heard? 
Yeah. That was like a really sobering thought. And I, I, yeah. I thought to myself, and it's something I've wanted to do for a while is just sort of like catalog at least everything I've written and make sure there's just some version of it somewhere, you know, that's, that's worth listening to. Um, so that, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm working on now. That project is kind of, you know, the kind of double faceted, um, but I'm really, really excited about, uh, the stuff that I've been writing over the last year and a half, uh, two years, even a little bit before that, I think. Um, and so I feel like I'm kind of in a good kind of, writing period um I have a lot of songs started that I want to finish during this time and so that's also something too I want to just practice more um and you know finish I get a lot of these song stems or you know I put them on my voice memos or I'll record myself playing them so I remember how to play them on guitar later um and so that's another thing that I'm, I'm working on now is just trying to like you know can any of those songs be finished um <clears throat> and and can that like can some good stuff my my old choir director used to say it was like pulling taffy like I think about that um he was referring to it vocally like when you have to like pull taffy it was like a visual that he had associated with singing with us um but for me that's kind of like songwriting like the more you kind of turn it over like the purer it becomes and the more you can kind of stretch out of that little whatever that initial burst of in, information or inspiration was um you know a couple lines or you know, lyrics or whatever, whatever that might be, you know, maybe it's a guitar lick or like a little melody line, um, whatever that is, um, that, that can yield quite a bit, you know, just from that, if you just kind of gently pull it in the mm -hmm. right directions and, and sort of, um, kind of let it speak to you again by letting it back into, into your brain and into your heart and then kind of see what happens. So that's, yeah. uh, that's also on my list to do as well. Great. Yeah, I love that analogy. It almost like makes me want to hear a song about that. Like, you know, Taffy, you know, I'm not a writer, like a songwriter, but you know what I mean? Like something to put that analogy into a song somehow. I don't know. It just sounds yeah, like it would be really cool. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, great. great. I'm glad. It sounds like you're doing really well and you're keeping yourself busy and being creative. All right. It sounds great. Thank you so much for your time and stay safe and uh, we'll talk again sometime. Thank you. You too, Mary. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Here is Laura singing the title track from her album, Radio Ghosts. <laughs> tragic the story we've spun in ending this mercy before it's begun underneath this static I can hear you sing suddenly all the time between us feels like it doesn't mean a single thing and I'm
Again, that was Laura Glida singing the title track to her album, Radio Ghosts. Please visit my website at entertainment-source.com to see all the artists in their series, including their social media links. Entertainment Source Interviews is an Entertainment Source production. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and where you listen to your podcasts. You can follow Entertainment Source Interviews on Twitter and Facebook. If you would like to make a donation to our tip jar, you can find the link in the episode notes. Thanks for listening. Check out my other podcast, It's Just a Ghost.